0: It's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's fairway rolling presented by FanDuel. Major season is here and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome. This golf podcast, unlike any other, my friends, we have done it. This is a jam-packed fairway rolling. The golf podcast on the regular podcast network. I am your starter, Joe House, Birdie Buddies. That was a rough voice intro because we have more topics than time this week, plus. An outstanding interview with the Rough Rider himself, Jason Kokrak. We may have a drink for all of you for the U.S. Open for your enjoyment, your West Coast U.S. Open primetime golf enjoyment. The Kokrak Crusher is in the mix, but we have more topics than than time this week, my Eagle enthusiasts. Me and Nate Dog are going to get it started walking over to the first tee. The peg is in the ground, and I am swinging harder than necessary. Here we go. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, night dog. I can't believe it. We have two weeks before the US Open. We I thought we might have a little bit of a quiet spell. No the event on tour is a little bit... I mean, it's it's a nice tournament down in South Carolina, the, the Palmetto down at Congaree. We get a look at Congaree on TV. I thought maybe we'd get a little bit of a breather. No such luck. No such luck. Let's just try to
1: get out of this conversation without it, too, having an asterisk next to it.
0: <laughs> well, let's start with asterisk number one. Uh, this is John Rom. I know that you and I are in violent agreement around most aspects of what went down with him having to withdraw due to uh, the positive test for COVID right after he finished his third round. I think my question to you is, do you think that anybody did anything wrong
1: here? Other than not get vaccinated, which is your personal choice, but other than not get vaccinated... I don't. The tour's in a tough spot. I would also look back and say, everybody who said, oh, this is going to be a huge issue, big black mark on the tour, here we are, you know, 72 hours later, they're wrong. Uh, It went fine. Everybody knows, including Patrick Cantlay, who I thought handled this as graciously as he possibly could have. He said all the right things. It was actually really fun to hear him in the post-round news conference sort of talk about it. I, I, everybody knows this was just a weird situation. John Rahm won this golf tournament. He was going to win this golf tournament and you should be terrified of him for the U S open because he's going to come out just a raging Spanish bull. And I think he's going to go pound everybody into submission.
0: Yeah. I'm already, I, I've already laid money on Rom to win. The odds are horrific. They're eight to one for him to win the U S open. Yeah, it's I, terrible. I don't care. Like, no, I don't care. He figured out putter. Sometime in the last three weeks or so, you know he 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 changed equipment. He's with Callaway now. And the only aspect of the his his setup that he wasn't uh, fully comfortable with through through the first portion of the transition seemed to be putter. And then he figured it out because he was going to shoot over, you know, he's going to be twenty two under, twenty one under at at the memorial, rolling the ball absolutely. Beautifully. My, my only uh, villain in, in the whole episode was um, the... Talking to him when he came off. Yeah, that's it. Like, you just can't make a big spectacle out of it. Like, who you know, come on. You, everybody, you can do better than that.
1: I, I agree. It was not fair. I, I mean, I, I do have a little bit of an interesting conspiracy theory. I mean, there were, some of the video that was shot of him, when he bends over, he gets up and he goes, not again, and I don't exactly know what that meant. One of the things that we do know is that there are a lot of guys, many of whom we don't know because I think about 20% of the guys on tour have had COVID at some point. And there are a lot of guys who have suffered a, a not similar fate, but a, but a sort of a, a fate, which was they had to pull out of golf tournaments before they happened, some of whom we know about, some of whom we don't. Uh, and, and some guys who had to pull out of golf tournaments while they were happening. And I think, look, was it going to be safe for John Rom to play by himself and carry his own bag outside? Yes, it probably. was. Probably, right. But they can't change the rules because there are guys, it, you know, yes, Rom lost $1.6 million. There are guys who've probably collectively missed out on tens of millions of dollars because they all tested positive. And it just would not have been a fair application of the rules. Now, I hope going forward they go shit, let's make sure we don't get into this situation again and revisit how they will handle this going forward. I also hope some of the other guys on tour who are not virulently against getting vaccinated and have just been lazy or busy get their ass in gear and get vaccinated so this doesn't happen to them.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, this was a basic exercise in risk tolerance, right? If you you know the parameters that you're operating in and then you make an individual decision around your appetite For risk, this was a very basic, uncomplicated math problem. And it was, you know... It's like betting. Dramatic. It's exactly like betting. He literally gambled and lost $1.6 million. His decision, that's totally fine. I don't have any problem at all with him exercising uh, agency over his own life and his family's life. He just knew what the... He made a a decision based on his his, uh, risk situation. And that's fine. And you don't get
1: to go back and change that. The good news is the sports books took care of the betters who bet on him. So they didn't lose out. Uh, but I don't think you get to go, Hey, let's give him a booby prize, a consolation prize of $1.6 million because he rolled the dice and lost. Those are the rules. Everybody knows the rules.
0: Yeah. Everybody knows the rules. Okay. Well, I think that's enough, uh, on that. I expect him to be in perfect shape for Tory, I expect even during um, this uh, period where he's supposed to be in isolation, he's going to figure out a way to practice. He's not going to like put the clubs up in the in, on the shelf and not touch a golf club for the next ten days or so. And it seems like based on the math measurement of when he's going to be permitted to be on grounds, it'll either be late Monday or early Tuesday at kind of the latest. So I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I I do think it's worth one quick
1: conversation about two of the guys who were in this tournament, because you know, there were, there were a few things that we will learn as we approach the U S open. The first is that Colin Morikawa still misses short putts in important moments. And I don't like it. he, is the best ball striker in the game, and he's going to lose some tournaments this way for his entire career until he figures this out. Is this a solvable problem, house, or is this just who he is?
0: Oh it's a thousand percent solvable first of all he he's he's a youth. remember he's been on tour for i think we're coming up on eighteen months now, like we our expectations have been greatly amplified by the unbelievable success he's had on tour in his first 18 months, but the dude's all over it. Like I'm not worried about any aspect of his game. As long as he's able to maintain that ball striking, the putting comes and goes. That's something that's true for, for, for everybody, including our, our, our guest later on this show, Jason Kokrak, who's currently sixth in strokes gained, Putting, but had previously been in the hundreds. So, like putting is is solvable, right? That that's definitely something. And it, it's not like you permanently fix it either. It's it, it comes and goes. And so I have no concerns whatsoever. One of the things that I liked about this tournament, uh, the memorial, is it delivered the goods to us in terms of all of the 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 horses for the courses, right? We got Ram, Cantley, and Morakawa. Big surprise that those three guys, uh, you know, all, all performed great at a venue that they're very comfortable at and that, that, that all of them have had success at uh, before. It was like a leaderboard that suits uh, what, what you kind of anticipate. So I, I like that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, that, that's for sure. I think my only point on Morikawa is he's first in shots gained approach. He's 161st in putting and it's getting in the way of him winning some tournaments. There's a couple of the guys I think we do have to mention Scotty Scheffler. There was a moment where you thought maybe this is going to be the time where he goes and grabs a tournament. He faded a bit again, down the stretch under pressure again, young guy still learning Scotty Scheffler's going to win a golf tournament soon. Are, are we, are we being unfair to say he should have one under, under his belt at this point?
0: Yes, he's he's the he's the reigning rookie of the year. I think it's okay for him to continue to just have to collect these top five finishes, play great in these um, you know momentous tournaments, to continue to be on, on the, the 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 prominent stage that he's on uh, in in these contests. I mean, we, we saw him in the final foursome in the match play a WGC event, and here he is in the top three. At Jack's Memorial, I mean, yeah, we're, it's not a surprise to see him playing great. And I think it's fine for us to go ahead and be patient with him.
1: Well, we, we can feel good about some other guys from this week. Xander seems to be getting the game back. He's going to be a tough, uh, a tough out when we get to Tory. I think Jordan redeemed himself well after the first round. I love to see Max playing well. Patrick Reed, God damn it pulls a fifth place and you just know, <laughs> you just fucking know he's going to be in the mix at the he's, U.S. Open. I mean, I he mean, loves Tory. What do you want to I know. I, and it's just, it's frustrating. I, I the, the, Where I want to bring you to next, and, and that will lead us into the next part of the conversation. Is Bryson DeChambeau going to be competitive at this U.S. Open? The game is not all there.
0: Well, I, he's going to be competitive because the venue is really like, Custom, custom built. 2.0. It yeah. really is. It's really custom built for him to have success. And he can hit driver on as many holes as he wants to hit driver. Um, the 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 rough is clearly not going to be an issue for him. It does not seem like uh, you can grow rough uh, high enough for it, it to be a, an issue for him. So yeah. I expect him To perform well, the thing that that I do wonder about, and this was uh, ironically um, the tag that we had previously on John Rahm. It seems like Bryson sometimes psychs himself out. Yes, this course psychs himself out. Yeah, so I mean, well, and we saw it at the Masters, right? Like he's he's having kind of mini tantrums out there where he's confounded by not being able to do what he wants or getting results that he doesn't expect. I don't. I don't. I don't anticipate that kind of phenomena happening happening at Tory, because uh, everything is just like right out in in front of you. This is a the course where a mechanic uh, and an analytics person like Bryson. It seems like he should be able to like have a game plan for it. But you know, who knows if if the wind blows in a way that he doesn't like, or you know, somebody yells something. Although I don't think that's going to happen. But if you know hears something he doesn't like, who knows if it knocks him off kilter.
1: Well, I think we know he's going to hear something he doesn't like because he's been hearing a lot of things <laughs> that he doesn't like. And boy, <laughs> we got an interesting conundrum in front of us now. I mean, we know that the fans have been a little bit unruly and a little over the top across all of American sport. But he's not doing himself any favors right now, the way he's responding, is he?
0: I. I'm officially at the point where I can't tell the difference between what's genuine and what is uh, contrived sort of and w- Contrived and w- media. Exactly right. Because, you know, the, the Brooks Bryson thing has officially become a beer commercial now. Like, you know, what, what Brooks did at the end of last week where he offered, you know, uh, a Michelob Ultras to everybody that got kicked out of uh, Memorial early for yelling Brooksy. At Bryson, it's it's clear to me that this is you know, and we're just going to have to hold our nose and live with it. I don't think there's any scenario under which the USGA pairs them up at the U.S. Open, right? I, I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, why would you not? It's the right thing to do. It, it, except, you, who's the third? Who can you put with them? Patrick Reed. <laughs> <laughs> now look, that would be hilarious. If that if they if that happens, then we have to... Three three guys that, that have their own well, I, I mean varying levels of, of fan interest fan base I I think people like Brooks the best out of that
1: group right I think so I mean you got two U S Open winners and the guy who won at Tory last
0: that's the group Wow well I'm rooting for it I mean they haven't announced the, the groupings yet um it would be magical I just don't see it it feels like it might be too much of a circus I, I do think we to to pick up on the word circus this pip
1: thing has had more of an impact than I think anybody understood. And as we eventually talk about the PGL, these guys will do a lot for what, to us, when we look at the entirety of their earnings, looks like not that much money. These guys are doing a lot of bullshit to try to work their way up these PIP rankings.
0: Well, I, I wonder, and we, we had the good fortune of having Max Homa and your brother and the den mother, Joel Damon, on the pod last fall and we talked with with max um kind of extensively and he was really thoughtful about you know the idea of uh you know the non-name brand guys finding opportunities to you know kind of make themselves relevant and i think there is an a, a natural organic thing happening i mean phil mickelson as usual so far ahead of the curve he really jumped in with both feet uh you know whole body like 24 months ago when he's driving down Magnolia Lane and talking into his phone hitting bombs yeah yeah and and the whole hitting bombs thing that that's right um and at that point I don't think the pip was was uh, no. a twinkle in anybody's eye but if you know you see the kind of reaction that that Phil got and you know you see the kind of um the the the, the fun prominence that Max has achieved and it's nice that his his uh, play this year has matched his social stature this year because yes. you know there was a time where maybe that they didn't match up 100 percent yes but you know that I think on balance I like it I like getting more of a of a feel for who these guys are what they're all about I had a great time you know we're we're gonna have this interview with with Jason Kokrak, getting some of his personality I think yeah. we have an interview with Will Zalatoris coming up. What a polished uh, uh, young fella he is. Like, I'm into getting to know these guys a Look, little bit better. Me, me too. But what I want to ask you
1: is, you know, Eamon Lynch wrote a piece for Golf Week where he suggested with a very, I, th- I thought, uh, thoughtful eloquence that Brooks was going too far. This all feels great for the game but is brooks going too far with his stuff the nerd in the locker stuff and and m- making it making it a little bit personal encouraging maybe maybe some factors that are going to disrupt the fairness of play or is this just all part of the fun and this is what we're th- this is where we are live with it go out there and hit a goddamn shot regardless of whether or not somebody's calling you brooksy bryceny or whatever
0: it It's hard to know for sure, right? Because it does feel like we are in a different kind of, of of moment in terms of where golf is in the sporting public's consciousness, the interest in golf, like just the, the sort of uh, events of the last 20 months or so where golf was the first professional sports league to rearrive on the scene with, with actual competition that folks could gamble on or do fantasy stuff with. And golf the game was uh, an acceptable pastime for folks to engage in as the spring and summer last year of 2020 arrived. And there was just like a heightened interest overall in, in golf and by extension, the golf competition, the professional game. And with that heightened interest comes along you know, uh, the, the, the heightened, um, kind of prominence of what these guys are doing in social media, their own incentives to jump into social media, to reveal more of themselves. And so I just feel like, you know, we're, uh, you know, previously, and I'm not suggesting that it's great that we're losing some of the, 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 the previous etiquette, some of the sort of rules of the road. But we're just sort of going through it um, right now in terms of fan conduct across the board in all professional sports and sort of where is the line? It feels like it's a bit murkier um, because, you know, the the behavior of fans, it feels innocent for fans yelling, you know, in the middle of the fairway, let's go Brooksy at Bryson. And it feels like overkill for those fans. To be ejected for that. It doesn't yeah. necessarily feel like it was that big of a violation, but I don't want to have an, an occasion where over an important putt or on a tee box where you could really affect um, outcomes. That that behavior you know occurs and and has a, a real impact on on the yeah. outcome. So yeah. I don't know. I think we're just sort of going through a moment here.
1: Yeah, it's a tough moment in all sports, right? If you watch USA Mexico soccer, dudes were getting pelted with water bottles, and you know Kyrie got hit with the water bottle, and even even at the PGA, the the clown jumped on Phil's back, and Brooks complained that people plowed through his surgically repaired knee. So as long as it doesn't lead to the, the sort of breakdown of that fourth wall between the fans and the golfers and somebody getting hurt or being in danger. I think it's a lot of fun, but I'm with you. I mean, the next couple of months, you could see, uh, we said it, Torrey Pines. It, California supposedly opens up on June 15th. Now it's already, you know, it's already getting nuts, but we're there's going to be a lot of pent-up energy that gets released this summer, and I just hope people keep it in check.
0: Yeah, well, the USGA was pretty spare in terms of the number of ad- tickets that they allocated and so forth. So I, I'm not anticipating, I'm knocking on wood, I'm not anticipating anything uh, occurring at the U.S. Open. But uh, that doesn't mean, you know, as the events go through uh, the course of, of the summer and, and so forth, that, that, you know, what we're talking about, you know, isn't capable of, of repeating itself. Keep it fun, boys. Keep yeah, it keep. Fun. Let, let, let's do our best to keep it fun. I mean, I you know the Brooks and Bryson thing. The most obvious outcome to me is uh, the next iteration of the match. They they both have to be in it in some way, shape, form, fashion. Well, I thought
1: you were going to say the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather uh, fight. No,
0: I I don't. I no, will. I I I pretend that didn't happen. I'm done Brooks with Brooks was there. I'm done with those. I saw him there, and 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 he and um. Portnoy had a fun exchange and he he's going to play lefty against Portnoy for, for charity. And that's all, I mean, that's all great, but like, I, th- that's not a thing um, for adults to spend their money on. So I, I refuse to acknowledge that it happened anyway. Speaking of things for adults to spend their money on, uh, let's talk about the premier <laughs> golf league because it- is this
1: something adults should spend their money on? Some I, well, adults are
0: trying to spend some their money. adults are trying to spend their money. And, and these are adults who have the money to spend. was uh, a weird announcement, right? I mean, yeah, it's like we're, we're taping this on, on Tuesday, June the 8th. And I think this is like very fresh news. The latest iteration of the premier golf league, which is not the Saudi golf league has nothing to do with this. The, the Saudis. Apparently they've been, We'll see. Yeah. Well, this iteration, they've tried to be very careful to say the, the, who they're not. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, there's some outline of, of how this might work. They get uh, $20 million weekly purses, $4 million goes to the winner. And it seems like they are offering top players on the order of up to $50 million to come join that league and participate in this 18-event season kind of thing. Is, is that the basic outline that you saw? It is,
1: but we didn't hear a single thing about a player, nor did we hear a single thing about a course that they've got an agreement with to come over. And so that's going to be the thing that either tips it or doesn't. We know Rory, we thought, had shut that down number of months ago by saying, nope, I'm all in on the tour. I'm not going to do this. I just, you know, there's a name, Justin Rose, that gets floated a bunch. Like, are we really going to, I don't want to watch Justin Rose now, like well, get,
0: get all the guys or I don't want to see it. Well, I, that, that's the thing, right? Like, could you see Brooks and Bryson doing it? I could. Could yeah. you see Phil Mickelson doing it? I could. I mean, you know, there are, there are still big names out there now. Can they make us care about a team sport? Outside of the Ryder Cup, though,
1: like, maybe, they're trying to maybe, turn into F one. Can they really make us think about it that way?
0: Maybe. Who knows, right? We, we, it's, 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 it's impossible to say until it's a thing. We see the names. We see how they present it. We know that there's tons of opportunity to present professional golf in a more interesting way. That much is a is a perfectly indisputable starting point, right?
1: Yeah, it, it is. But it's getting better. I mean, the visual presentation of this sport. Is night and day one year later than when they opened back up for COVID. I mean, the drone usage, and and by the way, there was no better no better presentation of that than at the Women's U.S.
0: Open. That's it. I, I was I, I'm glad that you uh, took us right there because I thought the presentation of the Olympic Club was kind of amazing. Now I um, tuned into some of what the No Laying Up guys we're doing because those guys have played it there and they were feeling kind of dismissive about it. They, they, it seemed like they um, felt like the presentation was not accurately capturing Olympic, but I can say for a venue that I've never been to and that my mind's eye only recalls the U S open, you know, a a decade ago um, that I was surprised by many aspects of it. Um, the elevation changes, the scale of it, um, how narrow the fairways were. Like I thought, all that presentation, just in terms of setting the scene, giving us a um, a, a context uh, within which to to consider the performance of the women. I thought they did a pretty good job of that. I do want to extend congrats, by the way, to our pal Marina Alex from Meatball with a with a tie for twenty six. It was a great performance, and she was on the leaderboard. Um, for for a a good bit Friday and Saturday, so well done. I I'm, I hope this means that her injury issues are are completely in the rearview mirror now. What's not in the rearview mirror is my broken heart for Lexi Thompson
1: because yeah. that was just brutal. It was hard to watch. I want to tell everybody criticizing her for only taking two questions before it got cut off to go fuck off, because that was a big big heartbreak if you understand the arc of her career and a lot of the almost
0: that she's had. It just was. It was tough to watch. And and kudos as always to our boy Justin Ray who who pumped this out. There is something about holding the lead at the Olympic Club through 54 holes. Uh, he shared with us the 54 hole leader or co leader has never won. A lot and of ev- Every player to hold that lead in that situation. Here are the names: Ben Hogan, Arnie Ar- Arnold Palmer. Tom Watson, Payne Stewart, Graham McDowell, and Jim Furyk, who were both there in 2012. And now Lexi Thompson, like put, put any golfer on the planet would say, I'd love to be in that company except for under those, that particular circumstance. Right. Yeah, it was, it was tough. And I think,
1: uh, it's amazing what happens down the stretch to golfers of all types, Physically, when they're in that pressure moment, it's what's so fun about this game. You don't see guys in the clutch completely leave shots, you know, 20% short when they're playing basketball or, you know, passes 20% offline. That's what's so great about golf is the body just changes so much and suddenly she's dumping a routine approach shot on 18 into the front bunker, right, and the and the ball. She thought she flushed on approach on seventeen. Comes up short. She's got another bogey. So it just it, it was tough to see. She's going to be all right. It's just golf. She's a great player. What I want to say is, I really love the support for the women's game across sport at the moment. Not just in the men's game, but sort of other athletes. I it really feels like there's some momentum building around women's golf.
0: Some of that for sure has to be attributable to the fact that it was on prime time. Yeah. Uh, on the East coast at a a venerated venerable venue. Boy, I don't, that's terrible venerated and venerable anyway. Um, (laughs) those are words. uh, Yeah. Those all count, but look, it was, it felt big time and, um the women's game in particular has appealing characters a- across the board enormous diversity and on top of that like the the amateur performances were were so compelling Megagane looks like she wants she's going to be a star for the next you know t- 20 years and so engaging and so thoughtful um, and so, you know, terrific. I, I hope, uh, this, this continues. I, I mean, it was really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it was. We've had a couple of good moments between pop-off winning the British and, and this and, and a bunch in between. So I, I think it's, it's, it bodes well for what lies ahead.
0: Well, and, and small plug for, uh, my hometown course, the Columbia country club is hosting the USGA girls junior in the middle of July right here. It'll be on the golf channel. It's the same week as the British open. So you can watch the British open in the morning, have your stuff. And then as the afternoon comes on, watch the girls at again, a a course that hosted the U S open in 1921 and, and you've has, probably lost how many balls there? Really? I don't want to talk about it. Well, in the it, it, it. The 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 number of balls. There's a direct correlation between that and the vodka soda lemonade consumption. And so, yeah, well, you know, we used you can, to sneak out there. You do ratio
1: there in high school. That's where we used to sneak onto those fairways and drink at night.
0: I think it's the case that 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 Megagane and and um, there was another woman who finished in the in the top twenty. Another Am um, who's also I believe eligible to play in this. There's some great young. Female golf players that are going to be in the nation's capital in mid-July, and it'll be on the golf channel. And it'll look very cool at this uh, golf course that's got this 120 year footprint. but and a uh, hole in the fence on the seventh fairway.: No, no, they fixed that hole. You can't get in there anymore. God damn. Um, speaking of holes in the fence, there was a hole in the schedule because Canada and its own situation with COVID, they canceled the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, poor Pat Mayo uh, does not get to walk out of his front door and go watch the Canadian <laughs> Open. Um, and they replaced it with an interesting tournament, the Palmetto Championship, down in South Carolina at Congaree, which is continuing to climb the ranks in terms of you know uh, course rankings to the extent that you invest any time or energy into um, you know wanting to play some top fifty courses. Congaree keeps climbing up. That 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 list and there's a couple big names playing at this this uh, tournament. Dustin Johnson, South Carolina native son, and Brooks Kepka also little U.S. Open tune-up at the Palmetto Championship. Nate, dog. Well,
1: I'm excited about this because it's it, it's like Shadow Creek. It's like some of the other courses that we've gotten to see over this season that just are non-traditional type courses. That this thing is built. Like, you know, it's it's on an Australian sand lot, and you know, it's more Royal Melbourne than Kiowa. Although the guys on the ground there are saying this is like it's like Kiowa meets Pinehurst. Oh, and, and so I like both those places. Yeah, we're going to have a lot. This may be the firmest and fastest course of the year. There is no rough on this course, it is 7,800 yards. We're going to have a 645 yard par five. Uh, so you're either in the sand waste, you're in the marsh or you're in the fairway and on the greens. We're going to see a lot of guys having to use some creative shots this week, some runners, some bumps and runs using all of the undulation around the green and on the green to get the ball close to the hole. This is going to be a fun one. And like you said, we've got two big stars at the top of this. Uh, it's pretty top heavy and then a whole mess of field. This feels like, you know, one of those old Houston open type events where, it's a tune-up for a major, and guys are working on things, and therefore, you can have a winner that comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, the the unpredictable nature of this time of year in South Carolina, which is true also of up here in the mid-Atlantic, with thunderstorms that pop up out of nowhere, and every day the forecast has to include isolated thunderstorms, and the question is whether or not the isolated or scattered thunderstorms. Will find their way uh, over this portion of of South Carolina and what kind of impact that will have. But it's going to be hot, uh, and you know there there there's going to be humidity. That's South Carolina in in mid June for you. And you know there is, based on what you just described, some comps to like the the kind of the desert golf. Um, it seems like you're gonna they're going to be allowed like in many aspects of uh, Kiowa to put their clubs down in some of the waste areas. So they're not going to be necessarily that penal, but um, that makes me feel like I'm looking for guys that have a lot of like course experience in like desert kind of scenarios, like the middle East and or Australia. And that leads me necessarily to the euros. So I'm looking, you know, everybody uh, and their brother has Terrell Hatton. Um, ranked very high on there. He's, he's available at 16 to one odds. Um, he's got the game. He's got sort of um, good uh, performance both in the Middle East and uh, on, on links. Um, it's a question of whether or not he's in form because um, he's been sort of back and forth, but his name is all over the place. What, what kind of names are you seeing? Well, we know Luke List has the course record here. Uh,
1: and we know Kisner is not quite a hometown boy, but he knows a lot about this course. He's very comfortable there. I, I think you got to look at some South Africans. I don't mind the EVR, you know, Eric Van Royen l- look here, but I also like a momentum play here. There are some guys who just qualified for the U.S. Open who played very, very well. JT Poston is one uh, who-, who played terrific and and got in. Um, you know, Cole hammer, I think ultimately did not totally get in, but he was playing really well in those qualifying. I think he, I think he lost out in a playoff. So I, I, I'm looking down the board more at some of those guys. Vince Whaley has been a, you know, the, the stats guys love this guy right now. He's been playing really, really well quietly this year. Um, and he, you can get him at 95 to one right now to win this golf tournament. So it feels like guys like that are going to come out of the back of the pack. I, I don't love, uh, Sung-jay play even though he's played so you know historically well in these kinds of events i he just something's not something's not right with his form i think we're seeing odds that are too high for guys like HV3 maybe even Snedeker too what, yeah. what else? What else smells good to you here?
0: So I'm looking at um, one statistical category: fast Bermuda greens, and I'm looking at you know guys that performed well at Shadow Creek, another Fazio course, because there's been some some idea of drawing some correlations. And if I stick with my my euros, so those so the names that that um, with that cross uh, comparison that look like that could be. Um, guys that are comfortable. Ian Poulter is a guy, um, that, that comes to mind. He finished in the top 15 at the CJ cup out at, uh, uh, shadow Creek. Yeah. Had a recent T three too. Yeah. So, so in form, uh, 16th in strokes gained around the green 11th in putting over the previous 24 rounds. And he's, uh, uh, he gained four and a half strokes on the Bermuda greens at, uh, Kiowa. So, Hmm. you know, he's, he's comfortable, Mm -hmm. um, Matt Fitzpatrick, another guy who played uh well at the CJ Cup. He's been we keep seeing his name in the I top 20. I just didn't love his
1: form like last week. It just I don't know.
0: Yeah, you we we would want a little bit more, but just, you know, again, another name and then for whatever reason, Tommy Fleetwood. You can't forget, you know, golf Jesus. He had a top 60 at at Shadow Creek, which did not exactly set the the world on fire but he is inside the top 20 in strokes gained putting on fast Bermuda green. So if that, if you believe that that's a a, a marker for potential success, then, then Tommy uh, golf, Jesus Fleetwood could go on a card.
1: Yep. Be fun to watch John Pock this week. Uh, first pro tournament college superstar. Let's see if he's got what it takes.
0: Well, speaking of got what it takes, we have coming up here. Very special guest Jason Kokrak, agreed to come on the fairway rolling podcast, Nate dog, and help us think about early thoughts on the U S open at Torrey pines, how he's preparing. He's off of his win, uh, at the Charles Schwab at the colonial, got himself a giant truck. And we talked about bourbon a little bit. We might've come up with a drink for the U S open. Nate dog. Ooh. Can't wait to hear. Yeah. So, so birdie buddies strap it in. It's Jason Kokrak coming up right now. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts. It is a privilege and an honor to have a two-time PGA Tour winning champion on the line right now, Jason Kokrak. Welcome to Fairway Rolling, my man.
2: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, Always a pleasure to uh, talk to you guys.
0: Yes. So I want to begin with the celebration. We're we're uh, about a week out now, so maybe you have not been celebrating all week long. Maybe it's been back to business. But tell, let's tell the good people out there how did the Coke racks get down to celebrate the the second? Because the first one, you know, you had a lot of pent up uh, energy to for for that one this one, not now you're a pro at winning. <laughs> I don't think you could ever be a
2: pro at winning, maybe Tiger woods <laughs> and Phil and some of those guys could be a pro at winning, but two times is, uh, is twice as nice. But, uh, yeah, I, we, uh, we, we did it up right. Uh, my wife and I, we went to, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We had this plan, a uh, trip planned, uh, for a while. And it just kind of happened to work out where I won the week before. And I got to celebrate with all my, uh, all my buddies back at Charlotte. And we, uh, we hooped it up pretty good. I mean, nothing too crazy because, I mean, with COVID uh, protocols still, the places are shutting down. But I'll tell you what, we uh, we did a big dinner at Del Frisco's, opened some mm. nice wine, and uh, mm. he got it, got in after it pretty good. So yes. um, finally back home, though, with uh, all my elite bourbon. And uh, <laughs> I've definitely had some, uh, some very nice pours uh, for myself as of uh, the last couple of days since I've been home.
0: Yeah, of course. It, it makes perfect sense. The thing that I'm most interested in, well, I'm interested in many things. I shouldn't say most interested, but you, you want a gigantic truck and, and you don't <laughs> yeah. see that every day on tour. Like lots of times there are tournaments where you make a hole in one and you get the fancy Mercedes or some other yeah. hot rod. This is a gigantic truck from 1946, a true throwback. I think it was like a Dodge. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a throwback to a Dodge Power Wagon. Uh, they replaced the Dodge symbols with uh, Schwab. So it says Schwab on the front and on the back on the tailgate. And then uh, it says Power Wagon. And I'll tell you what, this thing is a beauty. It's been raining. It, it got delivered on Tuesday night. And my father-in-law actually had to take uh, to sign for it and put it in the garage and everything else. So he's the only one that's actually driven the thing. Uh, I got to start it up with the the jacket on during the uh, the celebration and whatnot. Uh, but today is a nice day outside, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to a nice uh, nice little uh, trip out on the road. Uh, ma- her maiden voyage, uh, so to speak.
0: Yes, sir. You got to get that out there. I- is it big enough for you? I mean, you're you're not a small fella. No,
2: I'm a I'm a big guy. Like I said in my interview uh, after winning a Colonial, I got a big jacket. Uh, I'm a big guy with a big check and a big truck everything's bigger in texas so uh, it is uh, it is quite tight in the cab uh but it is a it is a cool truck it's uh, it's something that i'll cherish for a long time i mean you know everybody likes the trophy but i mean this is this is one hell of a trophy to to remember a, a pga tour win nonetheless be on that wall with so many greats uh oh, get yeah, my incredible. name on that big trophy but uh you know that 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 first time riding around in that uh, that truck with that jacket on that tart jacket on will be uh will be pretty special so i'm looking forward to uh many uh many rides with my my boys and whoever else so i'm uh i'll probably pick up my cousin jimmy here uh in a few uh few hours and go for a little joy ride
0: yes sir with with the jacket on right
2: well you know what they measured me for the jacket but Uh, the jacket is not at the house as of yet so yes i understand funny thing was during the uh I was wearing Phil Mickelson's jacket during the interviews <laughs> and it was a little it was a little tight for me I mean I'm yeah. a little bit bigger than Phil but uh you know not, nonetheless it's still uh still pretty funny they they told me they're like you're wearing Phil's jacket just look on inside the uh the pocket his name's right there so sure enough wearing wearing Phil's jacket
0: that, that's a decent jacket to put on considering yeah. uh you know where we've been with Phil the last few weeks well, for sure. I
2: mean, him, win, win, uh, him at 50 winning the PGA championship was uh, off the charts uh, for golf and uh, golf in general. So it, uh, it, you know, pretty special for him to win. And then I, uh, I win uh, the, the next week uh, wearing his jacket. So I don't know if they plan that out. They probably did.
0: But, you know. <laughs> well, it, it, it's very cool. I want to talk a little bit of golf, uh, if you don't mind. One thing about the the stories that emerged after you won, when you were doing the interviews and so forth, was the uh, uh, impact of the admiral D- David Robinson. Your yep. David Robinson, your caddy, an and esteemed uh, corn fairy player in his own right, yeah. Um, and and his impact on on your putting because you you've had a breakthrough putting wise and. I want to hear about some of the ways that that you guys um have kind of tackled the the putting conundrum because it's it's perpetual for for, for all of us for, for me. I've been playing golf, you know, 40 years and, and always some new aspect of the stroke. One thing that jumped out is is you change putter lengths. And you're six four. Yeah. Um, what was the putter length you were playing with before you changed putter lengths?
2: Well, I had always played uh, a blade putter, 35 inches long, pretty stock, you know, conventional grip. And I just kind of, uh, you know, I was pretty, uh, heart, uh, hell bent on sticking with that. And, you know, D Rob, um, uh, he had helped out a couple guys out on tour before, you know, before he got really into caddying. So he's, uh, He's a wide open book on golf knowledge. I always make fun of him that uh, he forgets more about golf than I'll ever learn. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun dynamic duo. I mean, I take care of the ball striking and he's, uh, he is a, a damn good green reader. But um, a couple of years ago, he, uh, he coaxed me into going left hand low and more so sticking with the left hand low for more than like a week or two. And I'd be, get uncomfortable with it, and I'd go back to conventional. But he uh, he said, "Let let's let's stick with this for a month, two months, three months, and and just see how it goes. Um, you know, we can afford to do this where we're at uh, in our season a couple of years ago." And then he noticed as I was putting left hand low that I the the end of the grip was sort of in my palm, right right in kind of this area. So yeah, I can see I, it. I didn't I didn't have like both hands completely on the putter. Wow. So he was, he was saying, uh, you know, maybe that you'll gain a little bit more control or feel going to a little bit longer putter because you really stroking the putt very well, but there's just something that's slightly off. And, you know, Benton uh built me up one of these uh, studio stocks and uh, I went to 36 inches. I, I did a, you know, a, I don't know a few hours in their studio out in Chicago when uh when I was up there for BMW last year and kind of, learned what, uh, what ideal loft would be for me. And, uh, I've kind of stuck with that left hand low and a 36 inch putter and really just, uh, have D Rob, uh, the Admiral, uh, look at, you know, path sometimes every once in a while, I get, it might get a little bit too far inside or outside, but you know, that's the, uh, the cyclical thing in golf that, uh, you kind of go through the ebbs and flows of good putting, bad putting, you know, it's, uh, it's a game that is, uh, you, you can't perfect it. It's not something that you can you know, ever, ever perfect.
0: This year, and we're talking about the 2020-2021 wraparound season, which is the way the PGA Tour schedule works, you've had an unbelievable breakthrough. I I looked at the strokes game putting. You are sixth right now strokes game putting for the season. And, you know, you're ball striking. And if you look at just the stats that you had, um, at the Colonial, you you led the field in strokes gained off the tee. You led the field in driving distance. Like those are kinds of things that people are not shocked to hear about the Coke rack because that's how no. you get down. That's how you play the game. And then that's you, why you know try. that's right. And then f- fourth and fairways hit second and greens and regulation. Those are things that also again a, a great ball striker. You get on a little bit of a heater, and that's how you win golf tournaments. But the thing, the thing that was so impressive, seventh in strokes gained putting at this uh, event. And that goes along with a season long trend. And it sounds like it's, it's a combination of both like the equipment, um, change, but also something's clicked for you guys in terms of the approach. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we both approach every day for what it is. I mean, he's an incredible green reader. I, you know, at the end of the, end of the day, I have the, uh, the end result. I get to pick which line I'm going to hit it on, but, uh, you know, he, yeah, I own a lot. He kept me very calm down the stretch and, you know, we tried to keep it as simple as possible. And, you know, it's, it's been a great, uh, great duo over, over the past four years.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the down the stretch part, um, because lots of folks made a big deal about the fact that, you uh, went into Jordan Spieth's backyard and took his lunch money from him, and and you know the the fans there were properly rooting for for their native son, and that's cool. Nobody, no, no problem with that. But for you personally, what I was kind of impressed by is you've now won two very different kinds of ways. When you won at the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek this past fall out in Vegas, you put on speaking of a heater. You you had the low round of the day on Sunday. You went out and shot an incomparable 64, and just took the tournament down. And that was that was it. This thing was a grind. Like you know, I I, I watched uh, almost the entire round, and it was you know a back and forth mano a mano. It was not match play. It's lots of folks that I heard that and I don't like to hear it, but you because you're playing your own ball. It's your, you and you in the hole, but. um I'm I'm interested in like, it was, a, it had to have been a different experience for you winning th- that way.
2: Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, out in Vegas was, uh, a different animal. The ball doesn't curve as much out there. The greens are as, as pure as any, uh, any golf course I think I've ever played that week. And uh, the putter was uh, on fire and, uh, out, out there at the CJ cup, but this, uh, at colonial was a little bit different. I mean, you know, I uh, I told a couple people in a couple interviews. I think this uh, the second one was even tougher than the first one. You know, I was on the top of my game. I, I was comfortable. I was ready to go. And you know, I just I told myself that uh, you know, let this day come to you. Don't don't get too far ahead of yourself. And you know, just stay with, with what's been working. And uh, that I that's what I told myself with kind of my head down and you know, not not so much of a grimace, but I wasn't trying to react too much to you know, the good or the bad uh, going on around Colonial. So I, I took uh, a little bit of um, experience away from the, the Vegas event uh, into Colonial. I knew I didn't have my best stuff. Uh, I knew I was driving it very well. Um, irons were good, but not, you know, I wasn't hitting it to, uh, you know, tap in length. So it was definitely a grind. I, I hit some bad shots. I hit some good shots. But, uh, you know, overall, yeah, I agree with you. I hate the match play you know, protocol or you know whatever you want to call it, but it, it really wasn't match play. But Jordan and I got far enough out ahead of everybody else that you know somebody would have had to really throw a really really low round on Sunday to 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 give us a scare. So you know, I think uh, once we got started, uh, a couple of bogeys early. You know, I got settled in, and you know, I think sometimes a bogey for me it might be the best thing for me. It Kind of gives me a kick in the ass and. I'm, uh, you know, I get, I was like, all right, well, I, I need to play. If I'm going to win this thing, I need to, I need to shape up and uh, get my stuff together.
0: Yeah. Well, we saw what you did on after the bogey on seven, the ball had to go bye-bye. And sometimes that's, that's just, you know, repositioning the energy, re- reframing the situation. Then you got up on the TN on, on eight and hit a beautiful ball.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, and sometimes you, you can't uh, keep that pent up energy or aggression or anything else. I I was I wasn't really overly mad. I was just more upset that I hit such a terrible first bunker shot. I did get the plug one up and down, but I I was just like, you know what, Jay, you are a much better player than this. Just what are you doing? Uh, you give your hit yourself get it get it out of the bunker. Maybe try to hole it. You know, if you give yourself seven, eight feet past the hole, that's the ideal shot. And I you know I just got a little too cute, wasn't sticking to my game plan and you know, what had been working and, uh, I got a little out of sorts, but, uh, I settled in nice, hit a good shot, made a nice spot on that, that hole. Jordan followed it up with a, a great wedge shot from, you know, very, really, I think that's a tough, one of the tougher driving holes uh, on that golf course with, with the drivers, uh, especially. So, you know, he, uh, he definitely didn't let me have it, but we both did not have our a game, uh, coming down the stretch.
0: What I'm impressed by, and what I want to um, ask you about is, we're, we're really talking about the mental fortitude. The ability to, like, get your head right, even during the, the course of a round. And it's a nice lead-in to what I want to ask you about, which is the U.S. Open, which <laughs> is t- two weeks away. It it's is Tory Pines. You have a very nice track record recently at Tory. You've been building, you know, piling up these top uh, uh 30 finishes, a bunch of, of finishes in the last handful of years at, at the farmer's insurance uh event out there in February. Now Tory in February versus Tory in uh the middle of June, gonna be two different kind of venues. I know the setup is gonna be different. I looked all the way back to see if you played in 08 in um and and you did not play that event. I did not. I turned pro
2: in 08 but I wasn't I wasn't uh I wasn't out there yet.
0: Yeah, well, you had made uh, you you got to play in the U.S. Open in two thousand seven at Oakmont, right?
2: Yeah, I uh, I had qualified through uh, locals and sectionals, uh, sectionals in Cincinnati. I, I did it a couple times uh, out of that uh, venue, but uh, that was uh, that was a I played the Am at uh, Oakmont, but the U.S. Open was uh, even a little bit tougher. But uh, got it. I've got a, a lot of track, uh, track record at Oakmont. I mean, it's a, it's a one hell of a golf course, but, uh, Torrey Pines is going to be a, a different animal. I know they, uh, changed up the fairways. I played, um, played earlier this season there and, you know, I played nicely, didn't finish very well, but, um, it, it's a golf course that's, that suits me. Uh, somebody that drives it long drives it relatively straight. And, uh, you know, if you don't make any t- real big mistakes and leave it in the right spots, you can play that golf course. But, uh, it all depends on weather, wind, and you know, how firm the greens
0: can get. Of course. And that, that's what I'm interested in hearing about, the greens. Um, and you, you mentioned Oakmont. Uh, and I, I swear that I'm not bringing this up just to brag on myself, but I did get to play Oakmont very recently. Um, and part of that experience, I was surprised in, in my own preparation for that to find out that they're Poe greens at, at Oakmont, um, which is the same surface you will be putting on out at, at, at Tory what's your feeling about poe do you like putting on it
2: uh i grew up on poe greens the the local country club i grew up on it had uh, you know poe that would eventually it, you know they were bent but they by the end of uh they were uh mostly poe Anna. but um you know poe is a it's a great surface if it's taken care of um you know it, it's definitely a tougher surface to get uh, as smooth as possible because of the growth of that the seeds and whatnot but you know, when we were talking about a U.S. Open and rolling and firmness, you know, I think when you get them uh, po-greens that are firm and fast, I think that's uh, it's some of the tough t- toughest tests uh, in putting that uh, you're going to see. I mean, the you know, a- anything is magnified. You know, any slope, the speed of the greens, I think uh, Poanas can get uh, about as fast as any, any uh, green complex out there. But Torrey Pines will, uh, will definitely test every facet of your, uh, your game.
0: Well, I, I'm excited to see you out there, and you know it also always portends the U.S. Open on the calendar. Also, lets us know that Father's Day is right around the corner, which is a wonderful thing. Who whoever set that up to make Father's Day be uh, the same day as the U.S. Open? I'd like to give that person, you know, a giant hug because it's just brilliant.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's uh it's a perfect way uh for Father's Day. It's a major. I mean, there's There's so many great things. I mean, I'm a a relatively new father. My dad was over the other day to check out that truck. And yeah, you know, it's a special thing to be able to, you know, I got a picture in my office here that uh, there's four generations of uh, my great grandfather, grandfather, dad, and myself all playing golf. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. Now my dad and myself and my uh, my boys will uh, extend that um in, into the future, and it, it's it's pre- it's pretty cool.
0: It's super cool, exactly. Well, you have a gift potentially out there for somebody that that might be listening or look or or should be following you on the Twitter as well. There is yeah. an opportunity to get to the Buffalo Trace Distillery. It's uh, sure. a very easy way to enter this this uh contest to get yourself a little taste of the Eagle rare bourbon I believe yeah you uh, they
2: they're giving away a uh, a, tri- a two-night stay for four people um, I think they're gonna stay at the the stag lodge um, at Buffalo Trace uh, there's going to be a golf day at uh, the PGA tour venue at I think Keen's Trace. Oh, and cool. uh, you're gonna probably drink as much uh, Eagle Rare as you <laughs> can take. Stick at. I mean, it's uh, I, I take it from experience. I mean, Buffalo Trace is a historic,
0: yes, really
2: cool old place. That uh, you know, I, I haven't been to too many distilleries, but you know, Buffalo Trace puts out uh, in, incredible bourbon um, year in and year out. Uh, I get to represent the uh, the Eagle Rare brand and. I couldn't be more pleased to to be a partner with them but uh, it is pretty cool to uh to give this uh father's Day gift away to, uh, i mean what what better gift uh, i'm telling you than, than, than a bourbon uh, bourbon tasting a bourbon trip golf oh my god and bottles of bourbon uh on father's Day so it's a it's a win-win for uh, any father on Father's Day, uh, going into the U.S. Open, I think it's pretty cool. And that, myself being a, a new father, my uh, my dad and I uh, getting to enjoy uh, a glass of the Eagle Rare the other day in front of that uh, that new Schwab truck.
0: Yes. So look, uh, for each of the majors, my partner in crime Nathan Hubbard and I have been preparing cocktails. We've been, we made a little because we like to sip. We we're, it's a long day. Uh, the, the Masters, the PGA Championship, it's, it's wonderful. And, and Tory has the added bonus for us East Coasters of being primetime golf, primetime major golf uh, yeah. that starts you know in the afternoon and goes well into the evening. Now, we've been preparing cocktails, and I, I'm sure the Eagle Rare folks, this is what I want to throw at you. I'm calling it the Coke Rack Crusher. Spell with okay. a K, of course. We're going to start with three ounces of, of the, the Eagle Rare. And then I want to add in a little ginger and a little lemon. And, a, and I want it a little bit uh, uh, bubbly. Now, there was a version of, of this kind of drink from the US Open a handful of years ago that I'm using as inspiration. That one was called the Fescue Rescue. Which was a different kind of whiskey, some lemonade, and and then uh, uh, some ginger beer. I want to do something that's a little softer on the palate because I want to sip this thing on out well into the evening with the with the Eagle Rare. I'm okay. going to put a little splash of lemonade. Sure, we can do that. A little club yep. soda to get it bubbly. A shrub. Do you know the shrubs? Are you familiar with the shrubs? I, it's kind I, of I don't. it's. It's like a it's like a mixer. It's a but it's got a little okay. sugar in it. It's got some okay. some you know. But but I want to use ginger. Sort
2: of like a simple syrup.
0: Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's a, you okay. you hit it the nail on the head. And All then right. and then we'll make sure that the predominant flavor is the is the eagle rare. We're gonna call that the Coke Rack Crusher. What what do you think about it. that?
2: You, you, should I, we I love do it? it? I I mean. It- you know, I was told uh, on my first trip to Buffalo Trace uh, that you should never judge anybody how they like to drink their whiskey. Everybody likes it a little bit different. And for myself, I drink most of my stuff neat. Uh, of course. Every once in a while, I, I'll mix, uh, I'll put a little mixer in there. I'll put it, I'll put it on ice. You know, the, Yeah. you can use bourbon in, in many different ways. But that coke crack Crusher is, uh, it sounds pretty interesting with a little club soda, a little Little lemonade, little uh, simple syrup,
0: or we may, we could put some crushed sounds- ice in there. We'll keep it right on brand, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. we got a crushed ice and maybe like a, an orange peel or uh, you know a cherry or something. In you're,
0: there. you're we're we're so ready. We're so ready. Yeah. I'm go- I'm gonna make one and then I'll I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you and then Perfect. we can see if we can we can pull this thing together. I have one last question for you. I know we're we're, we're about out of time. Cleveland Browns this year. The over under ten and a half wins Vegas has it has it. I I, I kind of like the over. I, I, I love like Kevin Stefanski. I love Stefanski.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think uh, I think the team's rounding into shape. I think uh, health is going to play a big uh, big part in that. If they can keep their def- uh, all of their defense healthy and, and out of trouble or whatever, and I, I think the the offense will take care of business. I mean, Baker's been uh, pretty solid. I mean, uh, everybody kind of gave him a little bit of a hard time last year, but I, I mean, he still played pretty solid to, to be honest. I went to quite a few games and I'll tell you what, I like the over as well. I like what they've been doing in the off season. And you know, you're, you can't, uh, you can't take, uh, take me out of Cleveland.
0: I'm uh, <laughs> a diehard Brownies fan. I knew it. I knew it. All right. Jason Kokrak, we always appreciate you coming around the Kokrak crusher for the U S open Eagle rare, delightful bourbon. Congrats on the win! Keep enjoying. Head down. Let's get another couple weeks of work in here and go take care of business. At Tory, my brother. I
2: love it. I love it. Thanks again.
0: All right, my eagle enthusiasts. There you go. Our enormous thanks to Jason Kochrack, the Kochrack Crusher. We will be putting the ingredients out on the socials, the Twitter and the IG. I mean, why not enjoy one of those things? Lots of stuff to look forward to with the U.S. Open next week. As we do, we'll have a show up for you on Monday, June the 14th to get the U.S. Open week off and rolling on a good foot. We have a special surprise guest, an actual performer on the major stage who's been performing quite well in the majors Joining us for that show, I think we're going to get the homie Kevin Clark to help us do some storylines as well. Of course, we'll be back midweek, June the 16th, with a little bit of analytics and picks. Our guy, Justin Ray, should be back from paternity leave and available to join us. And then we will be on Sunday evening for the end of the U.S. Open. But that's all stuff to look forward to next week. And we'll tell you the whole schedule again. We'll probably jump in a locker room or two while we're at it, but my, my birdie buddies, it's a glorious time to be a golf fan. I hope you're all able to get out there, throw a peg in the ground and please let's hit one down the middle.